And that's why Deftones is no longer my favorite band. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for our cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. We missed you, bud. I know. Listen, you did a great 11 minute uh, uh, podcast, one of our best episodes. 11 minutes. That 11 minute podcast was easily 25 minutes of recording and cutting and retrying and all of that. Mm. So, you know, uh, but I feel like I got it down to at least a semi, uh, you know, cohesive conversation. I think the message was clear. I was very happy. Well, and, you know, it, uh, it provided an opportunity to kind of talk to uh, the community writ large. And, you know, we got some positive feedback out of it. And, uh, you know, numbers on a lot of our channels are up and uh, some people sent some very nice messages. Uh, so I would consider that a victory on the whole. For sure. Plus, we're having a different conversation on the back channel about marketing and things and plans. And it kicked Absolutely. us into gear in a way that we hadn't been. And yeah, all, all to the good. And so, you know, in relation to that, we, I think, I think it's time to go ahead and, and, and announce Let's do it. something. Let's do it. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar, we have completely relaunched our Patreon. Um, and in doing so, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash confidential, you can sign up for a number of, uh, of tiers and each of those tiers now have, uh, new benefits and, and perks and things. Um, if you want to, uh, just you know, be a, be a good dude or do that and, uh, send us a buck per month. We love it. We'll give you a thumbs up. You get a side hug, high five, whatever you want. Um, but when you start getting up into the, uh, we have three other tiers. We have a $5 tier, 10, 20, and 30. Um, starting at the $5 tier, you now get access to an exclusive private Slack channel with, uh, with patrons at that level and us. Yep. So if you have uh, pertinent questions or you want to kind of uh, get our ear or ask us something specific, that's a really great way to do that. Or just be one um, of the cool kids. Yeah. Why not? There's lots of funny memes going going around now. Mostly. Um, probably, to be honest. Yeah, at this point, for sure. Uh, but when you start going up to the, uh, the $10 and $20 tier, you're starting to get exclusive content, stuff that you uh, wouldn't get just by listening to the podcast normally. I will say... The $10 Ben member tier is going to get you the pre and post podcast conversation. And if this week's episode is any indication, excellent. It uh, is worth it is worth the $10 alone. Every single cent. Every single cent. Uh, so if you're curious about any of those things, uh, check out patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. Uh, we could use the support just to kind of help us uh, keep the lights on here and uh, continue to do fun things uh, for the channel. Uh, but let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about this week. Um, this week, we had the conversation that was supposed to happen a couple of weeks back uh, with Alex Oksher, who is the who is an artist relations uh, guy. Uh, he's worked with Orange Amps and another other uh companies and we just wrapped that conversation and i the funny and interesting and outrageous things he says during the episode are nothing <laughs> compared to the <laughs> offline conversation that yeah. we just wrapped up yeah. we actually have to go and cut things out of it because of he got a little inside baseball he got a little bit um um, I, I had the prince of mind, I guess, to say, gosh, is this all on the record? Should we maybe not put all of this on the Patreon? And he said, yeah, please don't. That last part, let's just not mention that. So 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you are remotely curious about uh, how wild that conversation may be, uh, you can do the $10 Patreon tier and hear that conversation uh, over there. Uh, otherwise, we'll go ahead and switch over to that conversation. It is a real, probably one of the funnest conversations we've had ever yep. on this podcast by a long shot. So let's do that. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast. This week's guest told me to read this. Alex Auksher is the former artist relations and social media manager for Orange Amps. In that role, he made Orange super cool, way cooler than any other amp company. Now he's a consultant focusing on artist relations and U.S. marketing for two emerging musical instrument companies, uh, Victory Amps and Origin Effects Pedals, as well as the music manager for Killcliff, a clean energy and CBD beverage company that counts Joe Rogan among its ownerships. Alex Auksher, thank you so much for being our guest this week. Thank you, Adam and Dan, for having me be your guest this week. So I wanted to just kind of like put a through line on how you and I, our paths have crossed. Um, At some point, I, you know, by hook or crook, uh, managed to get an endorsement with Orange Amplification. And one day I sent an email to my uh, AR email address and you replied to it. And uh, from then on out, uh, that was kind of how uh, we kind of grew in correspondence and uh, have just kind of kept in touch over the years. But uh, you were one of those guys that always kind of gave us a, a fair shot and uh, even footing. So I always uh, was appreciative of that. Um, but the reason why we wanted to bring you on to the podcast is primarily uh, due to a, uh, a post that you made on Orange's blog a couple years back on what it takes to get gear endorsements. That's kind of the uh, that was kind of the the nucleus of the conversation I wanted to have uh, this week, but uh, just wanted to kind of give people a little bit of a background as to uh, what you're doing here, amongst uh, you know the normal lineup uh, on the podcast. So, um, is what am I? How do I belong in this world? <laughs> right. Hey, you know it's it's kind of sometimes we have to like explain like yeah I mean this cover band situation is kind of murky. And, you know, where does the actual music industry intersect with, you know, the kind of work that we're doing? And, you know, as far as like content creators and uh, cover musicians and YouTube personalities, like this is kind of one of those intersections. So um, it felt like you would have a, a really interesting perspective on what that kind of looks like from the, you know, from the gear company's end. And, uh, you know, you've always kind of been one of those guys that, isn't afraid to shoot people straight. So, you know, you were the perfect candidate for this conversation. Ah, nice. I, I actually just thought of something. I, I endorsed several cover bands when I was at Orange. Uh, I haven't so had you... the opportunity yet with the new companies, but right. at Orange I did. I mean, they were, they were rather large ones, I feel like. Um, but the opportunity there, it, it's there for cover bands for sure. It actually makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Let's so let's do that. Let's let's have that conversation. So, um, you know, we'll we'll kind of come at it from the from the corporate side, from a gear company's perspective. What is the criteria that you're looking for when looking to offer um, artist deals to musicians? Yeah, um, it's evolved in the 15 years that I've been doing this, but at this point, um, I'm looking for gear on stage. Uh, on the biggest scale that I can get it and or I'm asking for content creation 
Okay. You know, there's really no in between anymore. I've endorsed a lot of people over the years that don't have many fans, but are capable of creating pretty good content. And then I can release that content myself. Uh, right. I've endorsed people that have a lot of fans, but don't ever tour, but they have tons of content on their, on their channels and it's viewed by a huge audience. And then of course you've got, you know, the big bands that put stuff on stage and don't cover it with fucking scrims. And uh, in that case, I have every reason to endorse you as well. Um, you know, it's, but the content is the most is King now, you know, content is King. And I just, uh, there's a little, there's an opportunity for everybody in this day and age to get an endorsement. You know, the endorsements normally consist of special pricing on stuff. If you're dead set on one particular brand, then of course, get an endorsement, get your stuff for free, be willing to pay for it because that's what people really want to see. You know what I mean? If, if you're not Mastodon or Deftones or a huge, you know, touring band, what they really want to see in that case is they want to see, you know, dedication to the brand. And, uh, you know, again, it's endorsements can be tailored to any artist of any size, depending on how proactive you're willing to be for the brand. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I think where it kind of boils down to is eyeballs. So whether those eyeballs are, you know, behind you uh, when you're playing a show or, you know, on your YouTube channel or Instagram account when you're, you know, doing whatever, you know, it really kind of boils down to what, you know, it, it's a mutual agreement. You know, what can you do for the brand and what can the brand do for you? And, and there's got to be some sort of mutual, you know, benefit on both sides. Is that accurate? Yeah, for sure. Um, mainly, again, man, the proactivity, like being being gung ho, um, wanting to do things, asking for where the opportunities are and the gaps that need to be filled in the brand's marketing and artist relations and social media. That's that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was at Orange over the years, I worked with well over probably two thousand artists, and keeping track of all those people that's not really an option most of the time. The the bigger artists obviously rise to the top and you, you know, pay more attention to them. You do more stuff with them. Um, but, you know, there are, there are a lot of little guys, you could say. I mean, still pretty, pretty big social media followings, not the million plus, but, uh, you know, pretty big social media followings. They're just, they're not, they're not huge, but they're so dedicated. They're so willing to work for you. Um, and that's the, those are some of the best relationships that I ever had. And, and long-term, you know, those guys usually did get somewhere and then everybody's happier. Everybody's benefiting at a higher level then. Yeah. And I guess you, you're saying you could tailor some kind of package for somebody of any size. And if it comes to, you know, it's a discount plan or, or whatever, it wouldn't need to be, you know, yeah. the full screaming endorsement package. That's all kinds yeah. of freebies and names on stuff and, you know, custom models of things. Yeah. Every, the, the, every endorsement is, you know, is, starts with special pricing, starts with priority technical support mm. and, you know, and starts with, uh, well, I guess with, as an amp company, especially backline and loaner support. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you are, a, you know, a band that only tours the USA, you probably don't need the backline support. You've got your own gear, um, but you probably do need the priority technical help. And if you're, you know, spending money on the gear, why not go ahead and get an, a, a special price on it? 
So, I mean, all of that stuff, the, that's, those are all standard. The part where it gets unique is with what the brand's willing to give back to the artist and what the artist is willing to give to the brand as far as, yeah, content, uh, cash money, sponsorship, that kind of thing. That's where it gets really unique. That's where it gets tailored. But um, even that, saying that it gets tailored is probably not the best way to say it. What it really happens is that the artist uh, just stands out as a, as a creator for the brand, uh, as a person that spreads the word and it's tangible. You can tell that they're doing things that help the brand. Um, in that case, man, I, I, I've uh, taste kind of can become a factor there too, especially from the artist relations, uh, perspective. Um, you know, I've, I've given stuff to bands that were cover bands, um, because I believed in them. I thought that they were really, really good at what they did. Um, one of the first bands I ever gave a full endorsement, like a stage full of gear was hot water music before they like even ever did their, their first big like reunion tour, you know, cause they were kind of, they were kind of off the radar for a little while. And that was pure taste, man. That was just like, People are going to go to this show and they're going to watch this band and they're going to say, yeah, I got to play that stuff because they were the, you know, they were the hardcore band. They were the post hardcore bands, post hardcore band. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the same thing is true of, of, you know, to get back on topic, like of cover bands. Um, if you really are into Fleetwood Mac, then you obviously, you know, you, you care about guitar playing probably. Yeah. And you know, the best Fleetwood Mac cover bands, that's what, the reason I say that is because one of the bands that I endorsed was a Fleetwood Mac cover band. Um, there's no way that there aren't doctors, dentists, and lawyers going to that show, looking at that guy and saying, yeah, I got to play that stuff too. Like, yeah. I'll sound like Lindsay. Lindsay too. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah, guy yeah. is covering Lindsay stuff and he's playing a, you know, victory amp or whatever. Like shit. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, and you kind of brought up an interesting kind of point as well is that, you know, when you're dealing with endorsements from gear companies, there's definitely different tiers that uh, that people kind of operate from. So can you explain a little bit what um, what a standard kind of like what the, what the kind of the stack is as far as, you know, what a gear company is going to offer uh, an artist based on their, you know, their prominence or their, you know, their yeah. popularity or that kind of thing? Totally differs depending on the instrument type. Um, guitars, you know, a good buddy of mine is the AR guy for Schechter. His job is sending free guitars to people. You know, it's kind of funny, actually. I mean, I didn't have that when I was with Orange. Um, I have more of that now that I'm with Victory. Mm -hmm. That's mainly because it's, it's, you know, a quickly emerging brand. So the need to get stuff into really high-level people's hands uh, quickly is there. You know, let's push this thing forward. Let's get some Brent Hines. Let's get some, you know, Lure from Primus, whatever. But, you know, then you've got like uh, Origin effects pedals that I endorse. And that is also just, I'm just giving pedals to people in exchange for, you know, if they love it, then they'll give me a video, photo, and a quote. Um, you know what I mean? But uh, with amps, which is kind of my forte, amps is completely different. The tiers, exist but the but they're very straightforward in that like backline is very expensive for an amp company to supply 
if you have access to backline, it's probably the best thing that you can get uh, as far as an endorsement from, from most companies. Free stuff is great, obviously. You know what I mean? But uh, backline is really, it really shows that people care about you and are willing to help you if they're willing to get you loaner gear anywhere in the world or, you know, help you get access to at least, you know, reduced cost loaner gear. That's a huge subsidy for an amp company. Um, but yeah, the, the, the tier system is there and look, the 5% of people are in the top tier. You know what I mean? That's free gear. That's, that's like, you know, you send me an email. Can you sponsor this tour? I'll look at it and yeah. consider it and maybe bring it up the ladder a little bit. That's a very hard tier to achieve. Um, the thing that you have to remember is that, you know, if you can get my attention or any artist relations person's attention and you can, um, you know, if you can get their ear and you're proactive enough, you can utilize the social media and the marketing and the audience that they've created to your advantage. And that's probably one of the best things that you can do. Um, you know, use me. I'm a blank slate for your content. Shit, it's a lot easier for me to take your content and post it than it is for me to create it and spend the money to do it myself. Like I've already given you free gear or I'm giving you reduced cost stuff. Yeah. Your turn. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, it, and I'm trying to bring it back to the tiered system that you discussed. <laughs> uh, the tiered system exists primarily for, again, things that cost me money. Um, what, what the real benefit is, is, is using me as a catalyst for your own content, honestly. Hmm. Gotcha. So, you know, we talked about the, the, the positive side, like what can people do to kind of like get on your good side? What is a surefire way that the person that you're reaching out to will never respond back to you? <laughs> Uh, don't change the name of the company in your blanket email in your, in your spell right. email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have many emails that I get that were like, dear Alex, uh, I just love Gibson guitars. <laughs> and it's like, huh? well, I don't, I don't know anything about Gibson guitars. Sorry. I work for, you know, victory or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's my favorite way to, uh, to, to do it uh all caps another favorite one i i i'm a snarky dude right <laughs> really snarky dude and i at a point in my life i would have thought it was funny as hell to be super like self-deprecating in an email to try to catch attention you know what i mean but um i don't find that funny or cute at all and i've had a lot of people send me like 14 paragraph emails where they just like destroy themselves i don't deserve this i don't even know why i'm emailing you but on the off chance that you'll pay attention to this and it's like ah, i'm actually fuck that and <laughs> just delete it right out of this shit yeah that's so that's such a silly thing to do um the best way to get endorsed find somebody that already knows me and have them intro you to me yeah you know what I mean? It's, it's so easy. It's <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I tell people that all the time. Um, I got endorsed by Pedal Train back in the uh, back in the day because a friend of mine was already endorsed, and I was like, "Hey, do you think that they would, you know, maybe hook me up?" And he goes, "Yeah, hold on one second. 
And like 15 minutes later, I got an email from the pedal train guys that says, here's our artist list. They had like put us on the website and everything. Like it was like literally like that. It was the cool. least amount of effort I've ever put into anything. And, you know, you know, I still have that, that PT three pro, uh, that I got out of that deal. So, uh, you know, network, we, I feel like the whole like music business networking, like spiel is a bit played out, but like, you can't like discount, you know, yeah. that kind of thing when you're trying to, when you're trying to get connected with people. I would never take uh, a percentage of sales as an artist relations person. Um, I, okay. So I would never get a commission. Um, I never did that at orange in 14 years. I never took commission. I would never give commission to an employee of mine in the artist relations department that encourages bad behavior, but no one in artist relations is going to complain and nobody up the ladder from them is going to complain, but with making a sale. So if you really want an endorsement and you really, and are, are ready to get a piece of gear, even if you don't get that coveted free gear, say in your email, I'm ready to go. I just looking for artist pricing, help me out here. And that increases your chances by about 90% of getting endorsed. That's cool. And is there, um, so I, you know, aside from you now, I have no connection with that world at all, but it sounds like a cold email is not out of the balance for this. Um, is there, I mean, if I had a brand I was interested in, is there some place I would go to look up who I would f contact? How, how would I even get started in that? That's a great question. Every, well, most webs, most gear companies will have, you know, a form letter, they, let me think, some companies dump all of these form letters into a, you know, a Google doc or whatever, a Google a spreadsheet, and it just piles up and then, and then we'll review it every once in a while. Um, that happened at Orange. That would probably happen at a, a bigger company. Yeah. Someplace like Victory Origin, they're seeing it even if even if they're not responding to it they are seeing your email so it's important to to make that email count right yeah. off the bat yeah. if if you wanted to go and try to find uh you know a fender or a gibson type of person right uh that does get significantly more difficult yeah. uh, i would go if if you know without any sort of industry contact whatsoever um you're going to have a really hard time yeah, I guess it's maybe um, unless you know stalk that person, find that person on social media. My you know my Instagram is not set to fully private. Anybody who wants to follow me could follow me, and I'll probably see any of those messages. Um, the same is true of you know the people that do Fender artist relations and Gibson artist relations. It's almost easier to just try to contact them through back or through channels like that than it is through back channels. Mm. Well, you kind of bring up a good point is that like a lot of these companies that you think are these massive monoliths, let's say, you know, Fender and Gibson aside, they're really not, you know, um, I remember going to the orange offices for the first time and being really kind of like taken aback by how like small it was. We were yeah. smoking in the warehouse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> nice. nice. Not basically. We were straight up smoking in the warehouse. I mean, it was absurd. <laughs> Well, I mean, I know line six is kind of one building of people, you know, that they seem like a great big thing, but they all, they, they all, they have names, they're on Facebook, you know, 
yeah. not unreachable. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the whole social media construct has made it like even less mysterious, I think. You mm -hmm. know, before, you know, people didn't know people's names. It was literally like you were just sending it to like a blank, you know, email address and hoping somebody responds. Now you know who's doing whatever. And, you know, there's lots of these kind of little pockets of communities. Um, you know, I'm a member of uh, the Punk Rock NBA Facebook group, and now they have a Discord server. But like, I found a lot of industry contacts through that group. Um, you know, A&R guys and, and, you know, gear guys and musicians and that kind of thing. So like, it's, if you, ha if you have the ability to do just a little bit of due diligence, it's not too hard to track people down. And, you know, like I, I mean, you and I've just kind of kept in, in touch because, uh, we kind of like the same things. And, you know, even after you left orange is like, well, I'm just, I'm still going to send you, you know, the two minutes to late night sketch I saw, because I know that you're, you're, you've probably already seen it anyway. So, you know, building relationships is just as important as anything. So, you know, make sure that you, you find, you know, not only find ways to get in touch with people, but like find common ground with them, you know? Yeah. Well, it sounds like that's basically what this is. I mean, it's about reaching out and seeing what you can provide. I mean, networking is about what you can provide. It's not really about what you get. So Absolutely. Yeah. there you go. It's an extreme networking job hmm. as well. It's almost like I have a lot, I don't have, I don't have a lot of patience in my life, but Damn it, if I don't have patience for artists for some reason, hmm. it's really strange how I can, I've done, I've put myself through extreme situations of patience, <laughs> you could say, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, it's, it, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it is, it's maintaining friendships. It's, it's aligning yourself with the brand and repping that brand and saying, I am the personification of this brand to you. Yeah. Anything you need that you think this band can or brand can provide, please, it's it's worth asking. Uh, I've had a lot of weird situations over the years. It's not just, uh, you know, free gear and logistics, you know, getting loaners places and marketing. It's also like, well, actually, it's just it's mainly just a lot of buying beer and finding people drugs. If I'm being honest, but there you go. it's also, you know, yeah, I, 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 I need to get in touch with this person to make this particular event happen. Do you know anybody? Yeah, I do. You know, I need, I'm looking for sponsors. I need other sponsors besides your brand. Can you help me with other people? Sure. Of course. Like, you know, a lot of business development as well. So connecting brands with the artists that I already work with so that we can like do big contests, giveaways, you know, cope, cope promoting of new products, that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of things that an artist relations person can do to help you. But at the end of the day, you really better like the brand because there's a lot of horrors running around, man, just changing brands all the time, trying to mm -hmm. get new stuff. Try to pretend it, they're in theory of a dead man and getting, you know, a bunch of amps for it wasn't theory of a dead man. It was, was man? Uh, it was somebody else, man. Who, Three who days was great. It? Three days, great. That was it, yeah. They, you guys got caught up in a little bit of a kerfuffle with a guy who was pretending to be somebody he wasn't. Wow. In my time in Orange, I, I spoke to the FBI about two different instances <laughs> of fraud. <laughs> All right. One of them was when I got tricked to sending um, a head in a cab to a guy who everything pointed to, yeah, this is actually the guitar player from Three, three Days Grace. It ended up not being the guitar player from Three Days Grace, mm. but he also ripped off like 20 other brands, several wow. of them for way more money than we got ripped off for. It was a TH30 combo. That was the yeah. Um, yeah, Gun Barrel, Gun Barrel City, Texas or something. 
That's where I shipped it to. I'll never forget that shit, man, because I remember the FBI agent calling me and me just being like, I don't even, I was like putting, you know, things away on my desk. I was like, oh shit, like, am I in trouble? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was, you can actually look that one up. Um, some dude that ripped off a bunch of different music companies. That was a good one. Um, so, all right, let's say this. I'm a, I'm a person and I'm looking to, to, you know, kind of get in with it, with a company and I, I send a cold email, but it's like this, the, the email is, is well, you know, well-written and it's, it, it feels viable from your end. What is the, from a gear company's perspective, what are the next steps that you're going to do in order to verify, you know, my legitimacy as, uh, as an artist or as a content creator uh, to help you make the determining factor of whether or not, uh, you know, I'm a person worth pursuing or, you know, responding to. This is going to sound terrible, but uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at your social media links that you've included. And I'm going to make a really fast judgment <laughs> about, about where I think this can go. And if, if, if you're under if you're under 10,000 on any particular account, at least, especially like an Instagram, um, actually first and foremost, Instagram, uh, depending on your genre. I mean, if you're into classic rock, if you're steel Panther and your Facebook has way more followers than your Instagram, well, that doesn't surprise me. And I still, then I'll take Facebook as the leading, you know, guideline. But yeah, social media, I'm going to go there immediately. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to say, I'm going to make, I'm going to, you know, develop a thought about what this may be. And if I still, I make, I may stop things right there. You know what I mean? I may not respond after that. Um, but if things are looking like maybe it's not just social media that I need to look at, you know what I mean? I can't quite tell you exactly what indicates that but there's something there. Maybe it's a well-written email. Maybe I like the genre. Maybe I just like the band. I don't know. Something might say, inspect this further. Then I'm going to, honestly, me personally, I'm going to listen to the music straight away. Uh, a lot of people in this industry, they won't listen to music at all. Um, but, you know, I, I still will. And then, uh, and then I'll make my second, that's my second big, you know, cliff, I'll say, Oh shit, this is rad. This has a lot of potential. And then I'll, then the next thing that I'll do is I will email you back and I will ask probably a few questions. They'll probably be uh, kind of like leading questions in a sense. Cause I'm going to basically say, why do you not have a bigger following? What have you been doing with your time? What's your plan to get a bigger following and get a larger audience? Um, and then I'll, I'll ask them questions that are probably related to like, let's find out if you really like this brand. You know what I mean? Are you going to be willing to do things on behalf of the brand? Um, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense, you know, it, but I, some of the stuff feels very, um, I guess, counterintuitive, but you know, coming at it from, you know, being completely green, you know, that that's a, that's good information to have. Yeah. Uh, Which part of it feels counterintuitive? I'm curious. Well, the, you know, I think, I think people are kind of coming at it from a certain perspective that, you know, well, I'm talented and, and that's got to count for something. 
There it is. Yeah. Right. So I, you know, I, I think that's one of those things that you do have to kind of like reconcile, like, okay, yeah, you've got chops and you know, maybe the, the quality of your content is really good. Uh, but if there's not an, if there's not anything beyond that to kind of, you know, make you a marketable asset for the, you know, for the company, that's, that's kind of a non-starter. There's two things that have, there's two things that have to happen. Um, to receive an endorsement because you're super talented. Uh, one, I have to believe that you're super talented. Wow. That's very subjective. You know what I mean? I have to believe it. Um, and number two, the person, let me, let me think about how to phrase this. It's not enough that the artist relations person, usually it's not enough that the artist relations person believes that you're talented at that level. It usually has to come from somebody above them who is in charge of the purse strings. As an artist relations person, I have to be incredibly objective. I have to look at the full package most of the time because I'm going to have to say up the ladder, this guy's just really talented. And that's why I want to give him stuff or her stuff. You know what I mean? And then it goes to another person. So in this industry with all these family owned wackadoodle fucking companies, it's usually like the owner or somebody who still has, you know, full control, of, you know, of every decision if they want to have it. Um, that happens a lot. You know, what Which I mean, you I, I expect I, that you'd have a budget that you'd be discretionary within, and then beyond that, or special cases you'd have to get approval. Or man, that, yeah, you would expect that. Um, <laughs> that's extremely rare, I think, uh, in this industry specifically. Again, because of the family-owned stuff, the drama that comes with that, a lot of the time there's not the trust that should be there mm. um, to give those people the full control. I mean, I've fought it for a long time in this industry, um, and there were ups and downs with that. Times when I thought, yeah, I can do whatever I want, and then times when I thought, Jesus, like I got to get everything approved right now. Like, You know what I mean? And that, And that... So that made me extremely objective. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to begin a relationship if I didn't think that I was going to have the support I needed should it, you know, get to the next level. Yeah. 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 It probably has something to do with how business is going and how the boss feels this week. And yeah, a lot of that, man. So yeah, but there are people in this industry. Um, honestly, I think that I was saying, I was talking about Schechter earlier. I think that uh, Adam over there has pretty much fucking carte blanche. You know what I mean, and that's uh, that's pretty rare. I, uh, I Scott at Yamaha, I think has fair has carte blanche. I mean, I don't even know if you'd be saying that, saying this or not, but <laughs> really, <laughs> I don't think it matters. All of our listeners are going to pick pile on Schecter now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want an easy endorsement, hit up Schecter. <laughs> kidding. Now, dude, their guitars rip though. Yeah, they really do, man. They're getting. I I thought for a while there that Schecter might be, uh, you know. Might be done for. I mean, they probably never lost money, but I just feel like, you know, when I started going to NAMS, for instance, 12, 13 years ago or whatever, uh, Schechter at the time, I, you know, it's anybody's guess where they found the Schechter girls, but we always assumed that they like in the morning, they would go to like the strip club and like get them as they were leaving <laughs> and bring them straight to NAM and have them hand out pamphlets in front of the, you know, booth because it was, Sector girls, man, and uh, there's there's no way that you know the industry's changed so drastically, man. I, I, I've got 
I mean, I got a lot of trouble for, you know, endorsing and sponsoring the guitar world, you know, like the bikini issue and all that stuff back in the day, man. And then I was just like, this is not worth it. And, and not only is it not worth it, but yeah, it's like, how many females are playing guitar now? Like we can't keep, you know, treating, you know, females this way in this industry. It was kind of insane, man. But, you know, at the time, it's amazing how much stuff has changed in a decade. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Like we, it's we did great, a, but it's crazy. Yeah, we did an episode uh, middle of last year talking about like, you know, the her signature strat and how mm. like the guitar in like the guitar community is absolute trash when it comes to that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> a, a competent female uh, black musician on top of that, you know, they just could not could yeah. not process, could not find a, you know, a positive spin on that in any way. The good news is those people are dying. And St. Vincent's are replacing them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so that's, <laughs> that really is a good thing, man. I, and you know, man, it's just, it's just what you did. Like those guitar yeah. world issues. Um, one time at NAMM, I printed, like in the guitar world issue had featured like Hef, Hef's girlfriends from the Playboy thing or whatever, like the show. And they had shot that cover like with just orange amps in it. And so I was like, can I have this image? I'm going to print posters of it and hand them out at nam and that was like a decade ago and nobody at the time thought that that was uncouth and you know now i'm like i can't believe we did that like yeah that is so inappropriate <laughs> i mean ugh. yeah uh well i'm know, excited like about the boom in female guitarists though man i mean fender totally. was right when they identified that trend oh yeah it's I can't you know I'll take them all man like please you know if <laughs> female and guitarists please hit me up let's do this because um it's inspiring and it's it's just I don't know it's such a sea change that's occurring and it's it's kind of a great thing. Well, also all of their signature guitars look way better than like oh, the yeah. options. Dude, the Saint Vincent. I'm gonna say it again. The Saint gorgeous. Vincent guitar is amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The yeah, her yeah. signature strat's amazing. The yeah. uh, Yvette Young's signature Talman is like amazing. Like Dude. they just they're just better at this than we are. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no question. Well, it's fresh. Yeah. For them, man. How many how many female signature guitar guitars were there until the year 2010? Probably like seven. It's true. I mean, for real. Like it, it's so yeah, it's rad. All right. Well, let's uh let's let's talk about let's let's do some more fun fun questions. Um oh. most outrageous uh name in your contact list on your phone. Uh up until probably a week and a half ago, it was uh, I had Andre 3000. Um I had uh I have Steven Yoon from the walking dead <laughs> i don't know uh and then a week and a half ago joe walsh hit me up so now okay. it's joe walsh <laughs> sweet it's pretty wild <laughs> yeah i'm glad you asked me that because the timing is perfect i actually yeah. was i had screen capped the joe walsh uh email that i got originally and it was like a friday night so i was drinking and i was like oh my god so i started sending it to people <laughs> and i hit up fluff you know ryan bruce 
Yeah. I, I hit him up and and, it, and I, he was like, how many people have you showed this to tonight? That was his only reply. And I was like, <laughs> you're the 13th person. And he was like, keep going. This is great. <laughs> we, uh, we sent Ryan some of our, uh, some of our merch, uh, couple of weeks back he's got our our defend dad band shirt uh out in seattle now so oh that's awesome dude uh let's see what else um most random interaction you've had with a let's say celebrity or musician at uh at a nam show first nam show i ever went to um man that was overwhelming but i was finishing like an interview with some media and I walked backwards into the aisle and I stepped into uh, Gene Simmons as he was walking by with his little entourage. He fell into Lisa Loeb (laughs) and Lisa Loeb ended up bumping into John Fogarty as a result of me like chain knocking them down. And that was when I was like, I can't believe I just caused that. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Now I hate Nam, but that was like, Nam is the best. You could look at all the people you can knock down. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell the whole thing because it's just too long and too intense. And, uh, but Brent Hines uh, was doing a signing at the booth with Mastodon. Actually, the, uh, yeah, all of them were doing a signing at the booth years ago. And Brent had to pee really bad, but I, he wouldn't leave to go to the bathroom. He didn't want to. I think he'd eaten like a bunch of something before he showed up that's if i recall and so he didn't want to leave because he was scared to go to the bathroom and so he got a beer bottle i chugged i chugged a bottle of like miller genuine draft and i gave it to him and he peed while he was signing behind the the table he peed into this beer bottle at the end of it i realized it was still down there so i had to throw his pee bottle away (laughs) (laughs) so it's glamorous this job of yours is what you're saying yeah it has its ups and downs (laughs) yeah yeah, let's see. Uh, how many pounds of barbecue have you consumed with the band Mastodon over your career? <laughs> pounds of barbecue? I swear, anytime I was in town, I swear I, I ran into Braun at Fox Brothers. Like, I felt like it was like every every other week they were there. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Braun for sure. He loves barbecue, dude. <laughs> That's really funny. No, I, did, I was, I, I think... I think Brent had done like an AMA on, on, uh, on Reddit. And one of the things I said, where's the best barbecue in Atlanta? He said, I can't, don't make me answer that. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Like he was like, he was so upset that somebody had had the audacity to ask him the question. He went to actually just Brent and I last Friday went to Das barbecue. Dude. Whoa. I know. I know the owners of that spot. Like it's really unreal. Great. I, I, for my money, the barbecue portion of that meal was better than Fox Brothers. Uh, overall, Fox Brothers menu I enjoy more, just the offerings. But man, this is a very Doss specific barbecue. conversation. But it is. So, well, yeah, but if you're Atlanta. in Atlanta, yeah. go to Das Barbecue. You Absolutely, will not be disappointed. Yeah. Plan. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Any other uh, funny things that I can think of? Um, anything yeah uh, you know it was going to be some sort of question about brent hines and magic city but i think that can probably wait for an offline conversation (laughs) are you saying that because you've heard me say these things or do you know that i've been there with with brent hines well we we had that conversation okay uh, all right the other day but you know (laughs) 
I just know just based on anecdotal conversations around the guys from Mastodon and, you know, the city in general, you know, I knew that there would have to be more than one. So. Uh, Love it, dude. (laughs) Well, you know, I I really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to speak to us this week. Um, You know, I've always been uh, a fan of your work and, you know, I really appreciate you. Wow. uh, To speak, speak to us uh, as well. So. You are the Which, only hey, person that's ever said you were a fan of my on. work. <laughs> hey, you've always kept me in good gear. So, you know, I, I've got to stay on your good side, right? <laughs> I love it, man. No, dude, you know, you, uh, I admire you, honestly, man. I mean, there's only a handful of people that you associate with, like the takeover of uh, the corporate and cover band world in this city. And, uh, you are at the top of that. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, it's like yeah. it may be rarefied air in the, in this particular market. It's like me, me, and Nick from Yacht Rock, and maybe like three other guys. So it's true, man. Though I mean, look, you know, you you were you were in a band, you were rocking out, you were doing the band thing, and now you're still doing the band thing, uh, but not making money. Probably making money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the worst, man. Isn't that the worst part of this industry, dude? Like, if you really want to like play music that's really inspiring to you and that you absolutely like adore because you've made it your own, it's really hard it is. to make money in this industry. Yeah. Hey, like, I, I I took my orange endorsement. I put it on my Amex. <laughs> I might I may still be paying that amp off. I have no idea. And years later, who's yeah. this? It's been rolled over at least a couple of times, but that amp's still there. Hey, that Rocker Verb 50 Mark One, legendary. Best amp. No, not the best amp Orange ever made, but great amp. Pretty close. Yeah. The best amp Orange ever made was the uh, 8140 single channel. There you go. Yeah. uh, Dude, Alex, thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate it. It's just fun to talk to you in general. So, you know, the fact that we could make this semi, you know, productive is you know just kind of a bonus oh man well i'm very happy to be here and uh yeah i i admire what you guys are doing you know you're sticking to it you create your content creators man look at us go man what we're doing (laughs) just in the minds every week just mining that content all right dude have a wonderful week we'll talk to you next time see you bud thank you guys yeah take care guys can you believe what (laughs) How that went ah <laughs> oh, what a good guy my god oh man i i knew as soon as as soon as uh he said that he was game i was like this is gonna be a blockbuster fun. so much fun um once again if you want to hear uh what alex really thinks about things that you know he held back on <laughs> <laughs> during this episode you can uh join the ten dollar band member tier on our patreon to hear uh the full conversation which is uh pretty outrageous but super funny yeah otherwise uh man looking forward to uh to getting back out and doing some gigs yep uh not a whole lot on the horizon um i know you guys are planning on doing a little bit of a uh gig hunting this weekend and you know we're we're kind of doing some email uh back and forths about some stuff in the fall and late summer but we're you know we're just trying to get back out there yep yeah us too we're just uh just kind of going back to basics but one sheet yeah. and uh hitting the streets so and 
there's definitely a lot of stuff to catch up on, but that's going to have to wait until next week. Yep. So for uh, everybody listening, thanks so much again for tuning in. We literally could not do it without you. Uh, if you would like to find out how to support us more, you can do the things that Dan's about to mention here. Uh, otherwise, I will call it for this week. From Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, episode 153. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash CoverBandConfidential, Instagram at CoverBandConfidential, and Twitter at CoverBandConfid. If you have any questions, please email us at CoverBandConfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash CoverBandConfidential. And for more info, check out www.CoverBandConfidential.com.